Welcome, welcome, welcome to Lunch Hour with High Achievers. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for taking the time to join us today on the Lunch Hour with High Achievers. Wow. We give God the glory. Thank God we slept and we awoke for the Lord sustain us. Glory to God. As usual, we like to welcome all our guests on Instagram, all our guests on Facebook, and everyone watching on YouTube. Abibelland, once again, you're welcome. Agnes, you're welcome. God bless you for joining us. Eninakan, Enikan, Enikan, you are welcome on Instagram. God richly bless you. I appreciate every one of you for taking the time to join us this afternoon. God richly bless you. God bless you. Today, I have the privilege of hosting some powerful professionals once again in the nursing field, in the teaching field, and in the pastoral field. And we're going to be discussing the impact of COVID-19, the lockdown and everything that has been happening for this whole year from March last year till now, the impact on their professions, the impact on the job that they do, and uh, we are honored and privileged to have them with us. Mama B, you are welcome. So, ladies and gentlemen, start telling your friends, tell somebody, tag somebody, share this on your timeline, and get everyone on board to join us today. Once again, you are all welcome. I'd like to introduce uh, Martha, Sister Martha Sheriff, who is a nurse. Uh, Michael, Pastor Michael Hattonwood Jr., who is a pastor and a teacher. And then we have Tanya DeGale, who is also a teacher. Um, so we are honored to have you on this, on our program this afternoon. We'd like to say hi to our get, our, our viewers this afternoon. God bless you. Martha, would you like to say hi to our viewers? I would like to say hello to all the viewers I'm watching on Facebook, Instagram, any other social network. God bless you, Bishop, for inviting me on this um, platform just to share my experience from the nursing perspective. So God bless you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Pastor Michael Jr. <laughs> yes. Uh, good Good afternoon, everybody. Um, it's a privilege to be on here. Thank you, Bishop. Um, just as Sister Matt said, thank you for having uh, me on here. Um, yeah, looking forward to us having a nice talk and conversation about um, how we've been working very, very, very hard mm-hmm. during this pandemic. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you. Yep. Also, good to have you, Pastor Michael and uh, and Marta. I think uh, Tanya has had a little technical difficulty. So, Pastor Michael, you can text there just to make sure she's she's okay um, and is going to join us um, so in the meantime, whilst uh, we get Tanya back, I'd like to give you a little pro- a little profile on our guest today. Uh, Pastor Michael holds a BA in Drama and Theater Studies from Roehampton University. He is an associate pastor. He's a teacher. He's married with two children. And uh, he's a, an accomplished musician with two albums to his credit. Pastor Michael is uh, my biological son, and we are honored to have him with us. Uh, God bless you, Pastor Michael. 
God bless you. <laughs> okay, Tanya, God bless you. Tanya, right? God bless you God bless for joining, joining us. Would you like to say hi to our viewers, Tanya? Yes, hello everybody. I am absolutely privileged and honored to be here today. Really excited about the conversation. I think it's a really important conversation. So I thank you, Bishop, and thank you, Pastor, for inviting me on. Awesome. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm competing with this British, British accented people. My typical, <laughs> my African accent is betraying me. This British, three British people. <laughs> <laughs> I can say at least I'm sitting with some British people, so maybe by the time by the time we finish this conversation, their accent will rub up on me. I can start speaking like that. <laughs> God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Tanya, it's uh that Tanya DeGill. Tanya Angel DeGill is a mother of two primary school teacher and founder of the Divine Connections. Christian Relationship Ministry. That's powerful. She turned to the Lord in December 2016, gave her life to Christ in October 2017, got baptized August 2019, and was commissioned by the Lord to launch the Divine Connections Ministry that has blessed, that God has blessed her with in March 2020, and recently celebrated the ministry's first anniversary on Friday the 26th of March. In 2021, it's also a powerful singer, a powerful singer and psalmist. Wow. I'm telling you, I think one of these days we need to get you and Pastor Michael to sing on this, on this platform. (laughs) So God bless you. That's the profile of Tanya. God bless you, Tanya. And then we have Martha Sheriff, Martha Sheriff, who holds the BSC on just honest in children's nursing. Um, nursing children from birth since 18 years, six months experience working in a children's high dependency unit, previously a pediatric sister in pediatric children's A&E, accident and emergency for seven years. She currently working with the community with children and young people with complex health conditions such as children and young people with cancer. Wow, you guys are doing a tremendous job. Once again, you are all welcome. I'd like to first of all start by appreciating um, you, the nurses on the platform, teachers on the platform, pastors on the platform, on behalf of all nurses, teachers, the police, frontline workers in our nation and globally, we'd like to first of all recognize all of you across the nation, you representing all of them, um, across this nation, we'd like to appreciate all nurses, all doctors, all frontline workers for the great job and sacrificial job that you're doing. And we pray that God will bless you and continue to increase and enlarge you on every side and protect you and preserve you to do the great work that God has called you to do. So on your behalf, we want to thank you for the great work that you are all doing. God bless you. Noel, Noel, you're welcome. Agnes, you're welcome. And let's keep sharing. Let's keep sharing. Let's keep inviting many more people. Any coming back, you're welcome. Cages, buckles, you are welcome. Okay, so let's start with Martha. Why did you choose nursing? And I'm asking the same question to Pastor Michael and uh, 
Tanya, so we start with Martha. Why did you choose nursing? And we'll come to Pastor Michael and uh, uh, Tanya. Why did you choose teaching? So let's start with Martha. Why did you choose the nursing profession? Um, I chose nursing. Well, growing up, I always enjoyed looking after children and helping like aunties look after my cousins and like siblings. So I've always had an interest in children. Um, and then um, going to college, I did a course where I could do placements in schools and I could do placements with like health professionals, like health visitors and things like that. Um, and I did a school placement and it showed me that it wasn't the profession for me. I, I respect teachers, how they have so much patience to accommodate so many needs of different children of different levels and um, their creative creativity. Um, but it just wasn't a professional for me. Um, and then I moved on to my health related placement and I was saying to myself, maybe I could do this. This is sort of my interest. Um, I come from a family of nurses, um, medical doctors, um, in the medical field and I enjoyed learning about health, but associated with children. Um, so yeah, that's how I got into the pathway of becoming a children's nurse. Um, I really enjoyed my first year of university, going to placements in different areas. And yeah, I just knew that that was the path that God put me on. That was my vision. That was my, my, um, journey that I needed to be on. That was my profession that I needed to pursue. So yeah. Awesome. One of the reasons why I'm asking this question and initial, answer the initial question to all of you is, um, why you join a particular profession, uh, reflects how you perform on the job. Yeah. Because your heart is in it, you give 100%. So it's not that you are in it because, uh, you, um, you're looking for money as the, as, as the motivation. So mm-hmm. that's why I wanted to ask that question as the first question on the line. So everybody knows that you guys, your heart is in it. It's not because of the overtime. No, <laughs> no it's definitely not for the overtime. I definitely have that passion because it, it has to come from the heart. Like you said, Bishop, it has Absolutely. to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Pastor Michael. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, just linking on to uh, what Sister Matter said. It's, um, yeah, it, it has to come from the heart. It absolutely has to come from the heart. Um, I think the reason why I joined, I've always had a passion for teaching. Um, I've always had a passion for children. And for me, I wanted to, you know, I've, I've, I've been raised by, you know, my, my father to, to leave a lasting legacy to every, everywhere you go, you, you go to have impact and for me, I wanted to step into the education system and really transform the lives of you know our children. Um, I, I've seen how important it is uh, during the formative years to give children a good foundation, a good understanding, um, help them to know right from wrong and, and understand that the decisions that they make will ultimately affect them later on in life. I think when, when you're young, there's a mindset and a tendency to think, I can do what I want right now. I can say what I want right now and it will have no bearing or we don't look at what the consequence will be down the line. So 
for me, I wanted to get into the education sector to really just pump some values into our children and try to give them the best start possible. Um, and I'm, I'm je I've just started and the journey is or will be long, but I'm in it. Amen. I'm in it and I'm in it to Amen. win. So, Amen. Yes, sir. Awesome. Awesome. All about you, Tanya? Well, similarly to the others, I had a love of children from young, growing up. And, um, you know, I always say my, my main two passions are children and music. So it was always going to be a kind of toss up, a choice between, yeah, the two of them, where I was going to head. So um, I followed the line of, um, I was doing a bit of both, actually. I followed the line of um, working with children, though. So I, I've done you know, lots of work with children, been a nanny, been a nursery worker, been a play worker. And then I decided, actually, I'm going to study music. But then I had a young child at the time. I had my son. He was still young and just starting primary school. And so I just felt in my heart I needed to spend more time with him. I needed to be there for him. So I got a job as a TA in his school. And I was just thinking, oh, it's just for the meantime. And then obviously I got bitten by the teaching bug, decided that, you know, <laughs> I think this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And then just decided to stay. And I used to work with a lot of the most challenging children, children with special educational needs, um, children have emotional and behavioral difficulties and things like that. And I realized that actually I have the, um, you know, the ability to be able to get through to these kind of children and help them to make progress. And I believe that everybody can learn if they have the opportunity to do so. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to take on teaching and, um, yeah, just been sticking with it ever since. So yeah, that's how I got into the profession. Awesome. Awesome. So let's start with uh, Martha. What are some of the challenges um, that nurses uh, are facing at the moment on their job, uh, factoring in um, the pandemic, the lockdown, and what are some of the coping mechanisms that have been put in place to enable nurses to be able to do their job? I'll give uh, this. this uh, I got some feedback from two other nurses, so I'll bring that in somewhere along the line. So, but. For where you work, what are some of the general challenges that nurses and teachers, when I come to the teachers, what are some of the general challenges that nurses are facing on their job? And what are some of the coping mechanisms that have been put in place to enable them to be able to do their job excellently, especially within this climate? Um, so some of the challenges at the beginning of the pandemic, um, it was new to everybody. Um, we we didn't know what the road ahead was going to be like. So it was sort of like taking each day as it comes um, in dealing with COVID, um, dealing with like the PPE. At one point, we were only wearing PPE for patients who had symptoms for COVID. And then that soon changed to say, OK, actually, you have to wear PPE for everybody because not everybody has symptoms for COVID. Mm. Um Deployment was a, a big factor in the pandemic. Like my nursing background, I'm trained solely for children from naught to six to 18. Um, and some of my, myself and my colleagues were actually asked to be deployed in different areas. Um, as well as adult nurses, they were also asked to help out in other areas where it was more demanding, for example, A&E, 
um, some of the wards, they had to convert some of the wards to COVID positive and COVID negative. So, okay, someone might have, there'll be a bunch of patients who do have COVID, but then there'll be some patients who have COVID, but not actually testing positive, they'll be negative. So they had to expand quite a lot of the wards, which needed more nurses. So myself, my colleagues, um, of children's nursing background, of adult background, sort of had, we all had to sort of chip in and work together um, as a team. Um, a lot of my colleagues also had to go and help in intensive care in terms of make, helping prepare drugs for the sedative patients who were in ITU. Um, and then also like everyone just sort of like chipped in, just help where you can whether if it's holding the hand of a patient who's dying because their family can't be there, mm. or if it's helping move a patient from A&E to the ward because they just we just didn't have enough nurses to accommodate the demand of patients that were coming in, um, even preparing the belongings of the deceased to obviously hand those over to to um, the families. It was extremely incredibly hard Um but we as nurses were able to adapt to situations, were able to work as a team to come together. Um, in, do, in terms of coping with that, I had to really, really rely on my faith. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I feel like it's one of the most challenging times in my career. Nothing prepares you for it. Mm-hmm. Um, just in terms of that fear of what is going on, like, the government are just dealing with it day by day, but it's like, this is more than government. We need, we need our Lord. We need our savior to just carry us through this because no person can take us through this. This is more than what we can actually chew. And it's mm-hmm. the point where you turn onto your knees and you ask for grace and mercy for the Lord to just carry you through each shift, each day to dealing with the numbers, not only necessarily your own circle, your family, your friends, your community, but the nation, we were all suffering. So it was, it was incredibly challenging, but I thank the Lord that we are all here today. We are all safe. We can all share our experiences and things are getting better. Mm. That's awesome. We are grateful to God for that. We thank God for that. For the full kind, you're welcome. So, um, what, what's your experience, being experienced like Tanya with regards in the teaching profession? I'll ask the same question to Pastor Michael when you finish. Uh, what's been the same, uh, what's the, what's been the experience in your teaching profession at the moment? Says at the beginning, nobody really knew what was going to happen next. We've never lived through such a time, and so nobody had the answers. You know, we were the government, but the government didn't have the answers, nobody had the answers. So, I think mm-hmm. one of the biggest challenges was that high anxiety and fear that was raising mm-hmm. up. We're all worried about our own. Um, physical well-being our family's physical well-being and in school obviously we're really worried about the children's physical well-being with this um COVID-19 you know spreading and killing people basically you know realizing how serious it is I think when I first heard about the virus and obviously as we are all you know children of God we would have had these kind of inklings that you know, storms are coming and these things are coming. But, you know, until it actually arrived, we didn't know what it was. And then when it came, 
it was still a big shock to the system. And initially, you know, um, I prayed with the ministry I'm a part of and um, I felt actually you know I, I felt really confident oh well prayed I'm covered and you know it's all good until you start hearing about how this person that you know has contracted the virus and how this person is really ill and how this person has died and then you start to realize oh my god this thing is really serious and that it can actually touch you know touch people that are far but also close and I think that's when you start to feel a bit more afraid and even though you know I'm in the Lord I still felt you know a high level of anxiety so for me personally that was a real challenge and then at school that is the kind of um you know basis that we were going in on every day not knowing what's going on not knowing what's coming next so anyway um once the government had made their decisions and then it was just the vulnerable and key worker children coming on, we were on a rota and things like that. So, again, working as a team was essential that we took our turns to come in and um, play our part and do our role and um, that everything was in place. That's a key thing, though, as well, that everything, all the procedures and everything is in place. And obviously these things took time. It wasn't all in place instantly. You know, it took time for us learn little lessons that we needed to learn and so that you know everything will be organized our social distancing our making sure san sanitizers are in every zone and we're washing our hands regularly we're teaching the children the structures and the things that they have to do and um one of the huge challenges actually was that we were having to go in and teach and then we were having to take turns to be at home and teach online and um, plan these lessons. So it was kind of like um, double workload in a way, because on one week you might be in school, so you're planning to go into school and to teach in school, and, and that's what you're used to. But then on the other hand, you're teaching from home, and people might have thought of it as like, oh, it's easy, oh, you're at home, you just get up, you teach. But um, actually you have to prepare for all of that. And um, as I was saying to Brother Michael earlier, I am not the most tech-savvy person. So that was a real challenge for me, having to learn all this new technology to be able to plan these lessons and teach online and doing all of this. But now I'm grateful because I've learned all these new skills, but it was heavy. It, it was really heavy at the time when we were having to go through those challenges and do those things. And at the beginning, our main concern was our physical well-being, the physical well-being of the children, their families, the staff, their families, and our own family. But now, as the year is coming to an end, and we thank God and we praise God that we're coming to the end of this pandemic and COVID-19, the, the, the aftermath, I would say, is that now we have to focus on our mental and emotional well-being because there's been a lot of loss, you know, a lot of people have lost loved ones and um, a lot of stress. There's been a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, and it's actually affected some of our mental health, but also our physical health as well, because stress will do that as well. So now we're having to really take care of our mental well-being, and that's one of the main focuses that, that you know, we're, we're dealing with at school now as well. So um, it's, been, it's been a journey. And, and for me personally, it's been a personal struggle as well with my own, you know, anxiety as well. I've had to face my fears. I will say that this year has definitely been a year of spiritual growth for me and growth in all areas of my life because the Lord has literally pushed me out of my comfort zone. I've had to really um, face my fears and 
be what he's called me to be because I know that he puts us all in a place, you know, for a purpose. And so, yeah, I'm, I've come to the end of this year feeling like, oh my goodness, it, it's been a challenging year, but I'm really grateful for it. I know that I've grown and I know that we've come through this together. So yeah, it, it, there's been a lot of learning. We thought it would be good. We thought it would be good to create this platform to bring um, nurses, teachers, the police, uh, ambulance drivers, um, bus drivers, teachers, um, to create a platform for you to um, to give the this fr- you the frontline workers the opportunity to express what you're going through, how you coped with everything that is going on, and also to use it as an opportunity to appreciate all the frontline workers uh, for the great job that you have been doing. So we really appreciate that, the input that you have just uh, shared with us, uh, Mata and uh, Tanya. So let's come to Pastor Michael. Michael Johnson, you are welcome. God bless you. Let's keep sharing. Let's keep sharing. We have to be on the platform two teachers and then one nurse, and we have some uh, contributions from Sister Saku. And Sister Mavis, who are also nurses within our church setting, who have sent their contributions about the challenges, which I'll be reading in a minute to help us all comprehend and understand and better appreciate the job that nurses, teachers, the police, ambulance men, frontline workers are doing within our community and in the nations. So, Pastor Michael, what the same question to you, what have been the general challenges uh, teachers have been facing and the coping mechanisms that have been put in place uh, to ensure that you guys are able to deliver uh, the, the, the job that you have been able called to do. Okay, thank you. Um, I mean, the initial the initial stages of the lockdown were were were, were very challenging. Um, I started working in the education field in September 2019, so. When the first lockdown came in March 2020, um, it just everything was just new. I was I was um, I was still on the agency at the time, so my job security was was um, was zero. Um, so that for me was a personal challenge. Just you know, remaining positive, just knowing that okay, if God has placed me here, I know that He will work things out to favor me and, and, and make sure I can stay here. So that was the first that was the first thing that was on on my uh, mind initially with having a, a family and children to raise knowing that if i don't work i don't get paid and in this time of pandemic and not knowing you know what was going to happen would i would, who would be going back to work who wouldn't be going back to work um what would the government be offering what would they not be offering that to me was was you know was, was a big challenge but by by the grace of god i stayed positive stayed prayerful and was blessed with a, um, a full-term contract at the end of the academic year. Um, for me, what was what was my one of my biggest challenges was when we um, came back after the first lockdown um, around uh, May June. The the children that were coming in at that time were the the key workers' children, but also the vulnerable children, so um, the children in vulnerable positions, whether at home or school, um, physically, mentally, and um, whatever that was. And for me. That was the very first time I worked with such a mass group of, of children with special educational needs or, or who were vulnerable because of um, issues with family or care or anything of that nature. And having them all together 
in one place at one time was 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 it was it was big it was big it was um there was there was never it was never a quiet moment there was never a peaceful moment every moment was was very challenging but it was just as Tanya said it was looking back on it now it was good because it it, it built me to become a stronger teaching assistant um to be able to cover sessions cover lessons and ultimately look out for what is best for these children because mm -hmm. Um, there can be times when children show us um, behavioural signs, um, aggression, uh, profanity, stuff of that nature, and and our initial reaction can be, oh, you know, you know, who who do they think they're talking to? I had I had I had my moments when I had to just really catch myself and check myself to not, you know, say things to us, children that I shouldn't say, but it showed me that, you know, this is what children are actually going through. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, um, sometimes you don't see the full nature of what, what is happening behind closed doors for a child until it's just you and that child or just you and those group of children. Mm -hmm. So just hearing some of the things, you know, the children were, they were quite open, they were quite frank, and they would say the things that they were going through, you know. Because of COVID, some of them were losing parents. Um, parents were passing away, family members were passing away. And along, alongside dealing with that, they already had their own issues, their own challenges that they were going through. So... Just, just having time with those children was it, was, it was, it was, at times it was heartbreaking. You know, there was, there was a few things that were said. As I'm thinking back on it now, it's like, okay, if I was their age and I was going through what they were going through mm -hmm. alongside this pandemic, which nobody knows mm -hmm. how to deal with, no one knows what to handle, no one knows at any moment you could catch it, you could pass away. So just being young, going through the pandemic, and the challenge that they were going through at the same time, and I just, I just had, I had a lot of compassion and a lot of time for those children. And as Tanya said, it was important that us who came together as teachers, as TAs, um, leadership team within the school, we really had to, we really had to almost put aside our fear or put aside our, and, and you know, to a degree, our anxiety of we're, we're coming into an environment where it's very hard to social distance. I know. The government put in place that yeah, you have to social distance. I'm, I'm going to say it's impossible to social distance when you're a teacher or a teaching assistant. Mm -hmm. You can mm -hmm. you can social distance from each other as adults. Mm -hmm. No, that that was that wasn't that wasn't difficult. You cannot social distance when you are a teacher or a teaching assistant at a school. It it, it just doesn't work because the, the children, you, to, in order to interact with the children and get the best for them, whether it's educationally, mentally, physically, their well-being, whatever it is, you you have to engage with them. There is no, there is no, you can do it from the front of the classroom for half an hour, for an hour. It just didn't work. So, so we were putting ourselves very much, um, you know, in the forefront of, okay, you know, we are putting ourselves in harm's way. Um, but it was, it was for the betterment of the children because ultimately, as much as this is a struggle for adults, it would have been so much harder for them because they wouldn't have been able to comprehend anything of or the magnitude of what was going on so that to me was one of the hardest um things to deal with uh, right at the beginning as time has gone on it's become easier um you know things things have been put in place more and more each each passing month each passing term that really helped teachers really help children um the online the online learning was was um was, was eventful itself because it really was a thing we had to we had to just get it and run with it we had to get it it was given to us you just have to get it, run with it, and 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 pray that it will be a success. So, it it was it was it, it was it was challenging. It was enjoyable, but as Tanya said, it was double the work. I saw, I saw the work that my teachers put in, and 
I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm so proud. Every single teacher that I work with um, at my school, West Thornton, shout out. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm so proud of them. They, they literally worked so, so, so hard <laughs> in challenging and difficult circumstances. So, um, yeah, but um, as things have gone on, um, things are settling down a bit more. Children are now back into school after the third lockdown, I think it is. And one of the main challenges now is just getting our children, their education level to rise back up. You know, you can learn from home is, is good, but it's nothing in comparison to learning at school. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't come close. The, 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 there's so many more distractions when you're not at school. So it's now just working with our ch children, our vulnerable children, all of them, just to get them back to a good education level that will then help them um, move forward in their lives. That's awesome. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, I trust that you are being, you are being blessed, you are being encouraged, and also you are being informed about the gravity of uh, the work that our frontline workers have been doing. We have the nurses and teachers on our platform today representing the frontline workers, and we're asking them questions, having a conversation with them and a discussion with them about the impact of COVID-19, the coronavirus, and everything, all the new things that have been implemented since the COVID-19 and lockdown began, and we are getting some facts and some truths. Once again, we'd like to appreciate the nurses, the teachers, all frontline workers, nationally, globally, across the nations, everyone that fought within this frontline workers category. want to appreciate every one of you for the great work that you have been doing. Bianca, you're welcome. Miriam, Miriam, you're welcome. God bless you all for joining us. Cages, Tacos, and Nikan Park, God bless you. Please keep sharing, keep sharing, and keep inviting others to join us on this platform. Now, I got a feedback uh, from some of our nurses, and they said the challenges, some of the challenges that the nurses are facing are high level of stress, fear of catching COVID, shortage of staff always, overworking, untrained people are sent in to help the nurses, untrained people, nurses have to train them and then use them, politics in the NHS, people hiding in time of need, leaders in charge in fear of COVID, nurses becoming sick of using the PPE. The PPE is a personal protective equipment that has been uh, given out for, for nurses and those in the medical profession to use. Uh, using the PPE is for long hours. Mm -hmm. uh, we know that PPE is used for to in healthcare settings to create a barrier between healthcare workers and an infectious agent from the patient and to reduce the risk. Then they also said nurses having to work for long hours and can't have breaks on time and becoming dehydrated, having aches and pains, etc., etc. Now, uh, uh, Martha, has that been your experience in uh, in the hospital you are working in and with? I think your mother is also in the nursing profession. Yes, yeah, she is. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, I agree with all those challenges. Um, and it, it was... It was it was very extremely difficult, and especially when they've mentioned like even untrained staff, the nurses having to train staff um, to do certain tasks. Um, it was extremely scary, like having to be in, in 
intensive care, like colleagues having to be intensive care, drawing up medication, and they've not actually drawn this this stuff, this medication before. But the the nurses are there having to train them on the job. Like, okay, I need you to draw this up, and given the instructions and we having to listen to those instructions and trust what they are saying, saying that this is actually okay for the patients. Mm. The PPE, sometimes you'll have the PPE on for so long and even have to take all of that off to just have a bit of a drink. We as nurses, we tend to be a bit selfless and we'll just continue to persevere, push through, push through, push through. But then again, that will have an impact on our physical health. On our day of, days off, we will really feel the aches and pains of standing up for so long, not actually looking after ourselves because we've not had regular breaks. Like mm. I, during the pandemic, I also went into work on my days off just to help them out. Um, and we just, as nurses, we, we just make those sacrifices that like we don't really think about it. It's only when you get to the point of reflection is that actually, we've actually done quite a lot through this whole pandemic just to help. Mm to help our patients but that's what we signed up for and that's what we enjoy that's what we have a passion for but yes we all have had those struggles um and going back onto what sister tanya said with the um anxiety like now that we are sort of had a bit of control over covid and the reduction in numbers it's people's mental health like i'm seeing that so much in hospitals now down from ch- I've seen children as young as eight coming in with mental health issues, wow. and yep. it's yep. so sad to see that the, um, these children have been exposed to such difficult times, and them not having having that coping mechanism to deal with those those mental health issues that they've encountered during the pandemic, and the numbers are just increasing from young children. Um, and some of the things that they say is quite quite traumatic and it's really sad that at the age of eight that they are experiencing that and it just makes you look what is their adult what how they're going to manage in adolescenthood how they're going to manage in young adulthood how they're going to manage in adulthood um but we just continue to just have to pray and support those children and it's key that we support them at a young age where we can address the issues yeah awesome awesome Awesome. So, uh, Sister Noel says, uh, it goes to show, like what I said from the beginning, the first question that I asked, it says, goes to show that you need to love what you do. Mm-hmm. For you make statements like you having to go in on your day off just to go and help. You didn't say, I go, I went in on my day off to make some overtime money, but you said you went in to help, you know. So it goes to show that we need to love what we do. Our level of commitment will show when we are challenged like these days. And so she says, kudos to you all, and we appreciate your sacrifices. Yeah, so God bless you all on behalf of all the frontline workers across the nations of the earth. So coming back to the teachers, uh, Sister Dufokai said, those of us with children with special needs didn't have it easy at all. And I appreciate the teachers, those of us with special needs, because you've had to deal with uh, people, uh, students, children with special needs, the two of you, Pastor Michael and Tanya. How has been your experience? Uh, one, any of you can start. Go on, Tanya. Okay. <laughs> well, Brother yeah. Michael, Pastor Michael touched on it earlier, that, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, 
usually across the school, obviously, um, children with special educational needs or challenging behaviour, they'll be spread across the class. So, um, you know, you wouldn't have that high level of the all in one place. So you okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll continue. Um, yeah, as, as um, Tanya said, that's they'll normally spread across the different classrooms, different year groups. Um, and then our school has two sites, so across the different sites. So you wouldn't have to deal with it all at one time. But that was that was a heavy, heavy challenge of um, having the number of people, having the number of challenging um, behaviours, uh, special educational needs, and then the number of staff to deal with them as well. Because, because of the lockdown, we were limited to like a rotor system. So you couldn't have too many members of staff in at one time. So because of the rotor, it was a lack, a lack of staff, mm -hmm. but a higher level mm -hmm. of needs. So it, it became, it became, it was, it was an, ex, it was an extreme, extreme, extreme challenge. And um, as, as, as been said, when it comes to um, our mental well-being, literally we had to, I know I, um, it was during the lockdown by God's grace that I met Tanya for the first time. And, our spirits just clicked and we knew that, okay, you know what, if we're going to make this, if we're going to get through this time um, individually, collectively as teachers, TAs, um, children, we're going to have to really pray, look to God and just ask for wisdom in how best to deal with um, behavioral needs, educational needs, all at a high volume. So um, it was, it was um, a big challenge and it's, and it's still a challenge that we're still facing today because, everything that's happened has still played a part into um, the mental well-being or the educational level that some of our children are at right now so it's um, it's a work in progress but as has been said we have a we have a heart to we have a heart to do this and because we have a heart to do this we're willing to fight we're willing to push we're willing to sacrifice as, as matter said for her to go in on her days off in such a testing challenging job um, that's what it's all about i know that there have been times when you know i remember when i when i was initially going in i thought I thought my contract was till four o'clock. I thought I finished at four o'clock. <laughs> only, only to be told that no, 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 your contract says you can leave at three thirty. So you, so you ask yourself, okay, well, but even even once I found that out, I mean, I was still there till four o'clock, four thirty. Why? Because I need to have the best impact to to be able to change these children's lives and to get the best. I need to I need to have a better understanding of each child in my year group, each child in the school, those with behavioural needs, those with educational needs. I need to build friendships and working relationships with my colleagues because if we get along, the children will get the best from mm -hmm. us. The, the truth is it's such a challenging job that if, if those who are working together can gel and work together in harmony, the children will, will definitely benefit from that. So um, it's all about putting in the work. And you, ha you have to put in more than is required. Mm -hmm. if, if your heart is in something and you're only putting in what is required, you have to ask yourself, is your heart really yeah. there? Mm -hmm. Because your, your heart, your heart doesn't go to three thirty. Mm -hmm. Your heart goes to four thirty. Mm -hmm. No questions, no, no no qualms, no questions asked. Because you know that in order to get what you want, what you, to achieve, what you need to achieve, to get the best out of what you're doing, to see the most impact, the most change, you've got to give more than is required. And I, I've seen myself. I've seen Tanya. I know Matter does it, and I've seen nearly every single person that I work with go above and beyond um, during this pandemic. Mm -hmm. So. God, God bless us all. Amen. Yep. Okay. Tanya, did you want to add anything to it before we continue? Amen. First of all,
all, can I just apologise? I don't know what's going on. My connection just keeps coming in and out. So I do apologise for that. No, um, no problem. But yeah, um, no problem. I agree with everything that Pastor Michael has said. Like, I, I know him and I both have had some challenging moments where we've had certain children, you know, um, you know, kind of fronting up to us and we've just wanted to be like, what? <laughs> what's going on here? But um, it's having that understanding. Yeah, honestly, I've had to grow. I've had to grow. <laughs> but
about her faith, how that has contributed. So my next question to the three of you is, what part has your Christian faith, serving God, tithing, church attendance, contributed, you believe, to God's protection over your life and the work that you do, especially during this season? So the question is, what part has your Christian faith, serving God? I know you've mentioned it here and there. What part of your Christian faith, serving God, tithing, giving, service, the heart of service, sacrifice stands out in most of the things I've said, but, uh, church attendance, involvement in church and your Christian faith, what has it contributed to your, your protection, the work that you do, especially within this season? Martha, can start. Um, so Bishop, I can testify that my faith and beliefs, my Christian beliefs have been my shield throughout this pandemic. There is absolutely no way that I would have been able to get through this Mm -hmm. just being a regular person, not having the faith (laughs) in the Lord. Um, yeah, it, it just would, it wouldn't have been possible. Um, I depended on my faith a lot. Um, there were stages, especially at the beginning during the pandemic, um, I did slip and um, develop traits of the world in terms of when I say that, I mean in reference to becoming quite obsessed with listening to the news mm. during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, so I would go from listen to the news and praying in the morning when I wake up as I'm getting ready for work, then I would listen to the news. Good morning, Britain. I will do that in the morning. And then when I'm driving to work, news again, but it's COVID. It became to the point where my whole day was COVID, 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 COVID. Um, listening to the radio COVID when I get to work, we're talking about COVID. When I'm going home, when I'm going to see patients, we're talking about COVID, um, and so on. It, and the Lord had to sort of like draw me back and say, you know, there are other resources that you need to be listening to, to spiritually edify yourself. You cannot be doing this constantly because I feel like to the point it, it actually made me quite anxious. It had an impact on my own, my own mental health. So, and then so, there was a day when the Lord's like, use your resources that you've got at home. Use your resources. And when he said that, I was like, actually, yeah, I should be doing this. So what I did, I started to do is I started listening to your sermons, Bishop, whilst I'm in the car, my recorded sermons that you've done in church. And then I started to listen to Minister Bianca's No More's reviews mm-hmm. um, for her 100% No More's. And then I will go on to Pastor Michael Johnson's Creed's musical in the car when I'm on my day today. Then I'll be listening to Pastor Michael's um, No um, No Limits, No Boundaries album. I'll be pumping that one, listening to. So I'm trying to use, I'm trying to edify myself spiritually. And then I'll also, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to listen to a bit of T.D. Jakes today or Sarah Jakes or um, Life with the Lindsay's like, Christian podcasts just to 
spiritually edify myself properly instead of just being sucked into what the world is saying about this pandemic. Yeah, this pandemic is going on, but I am a believer of Christ and I know that we will overcome this. We will, we will, we will reach that. We will reach the end. So yes, it's going on. I'm not oblivious to that is going on, but I, I have faith in my Lord that we can come through this. Mm-hmm. So that's what I, I sort of had to train myself. I'm, I'm so grateful for like the support of my, um, biological and spiritual family bishop you and mama b the pastors and ministers in the church the, my brothers and sisters within the church my friends my family but i had to really depend on that to, to sort of move forward and um going back onto your original question i am a lover of the lord as a lover of the lord i my my duty is to follow the instructions that the Lord has given to us. And part of those instructions, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. Mm-hmm. And to be able to be blessed bountifully, I have to give. And I'm in a position where I am actually able to give. So I'm going to give. I'm going to give what I'm supposed to. And then I pray that I will re- reap the benefit and I will be blessed bountifully. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. awesome. Absolutely awesome. That's uh that's what we've been saying to each other during this pandemic. The word, the word, nothing like the word, nothing like the word. I mean spot spot on. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, because CNN, Al Jazeera, BBC, I mean, they have got their job to do, so they just keep pumping COVID this, tier four, mm-hmm. tier three. And mm-hmm. then we kept saying, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by the word of God. Amen. So God, that, yes, a testimony of someone who took the advice that we're giving, the counsel that we're giving, that stay in the word. Stay mm-hmm. in the word. Thank God the Holy Ghost. Minister to say, you know, you have resources at home. You have the no yeah. more. You, you have the no more. You have a, uh, 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 Pastor Michael CDs. You have our messages. And thank God now, uh, if somebody there, Mama B, we have the Maximizing Destiny on podcast. Bishop Michael Hattonwood on podcast. Mark Maximizing Destiny podcast that you can listen to 24 seven loaded. 24-7 Bishop Michael Hattonwood with Maximizing Destiny on podcast. So, Mama, if you can put it there for them. And then go on the Anchor podcast, Google radio podcast. It's right there, 24-7, just pumping, pumping, pumping the way you pumping the music, pumping gospel music, instrument. My goodness, that's a powerful testimony. We've got some powerful preachers in the house. My goodness. <laughs> That's a very powerful testimony right there. Powerful testimony. Pastor Michael, you want to tell us how your faith has strengthened you within this setting and then Tanya will also come up and then encourage us in that area. The, our faith, our faith, our faith. Yes, sir. I mean, I've got, I've got, a, I've got an expression, God over Everything. Mm. I mean, I, I'm, I, I sit here. I'm not, I'm not an arrogant person. I'm not, a, I'm not a boastful person. Only uh, my boast is in the Lord. You know what I'm saying, if you see any confidence, any anything of that nature, it's, it's, all, it's all good. Yeah. And it's and it's not no me. It's all good. 
I'm, I'm, I'm happy to say that from the, from the day one of, of um, the lockdown coming into place and the pandemic hitting, I've, I've just looked to God. I have been, I've just stayed positive. I haven't stopped smiling. I haven't stopped praising God. Um, I've, 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 it's, it's God. It's God. It's God and it's only God. You know, my, my um, Matta can testify, Tanya can testify, my wife, my children, all my colleagues, everyone who I work with, my family can testify. I'm all, I'm all about yeah. the positivity. And I'm only about the positivity yeah. because of God. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he has made me who I am today. He has preserved me. He has kept me. And I know, I've got no doubt, I've never once thought to myself that COVID is going to mm. hit me. Like, it's not, like I said, it's not, uh, it's, it's a serious thing. And I do not take it for granted. I'll be the first person to say that mm-hmm. everyone needs to safeguard, everyone needs to shield, mm-hmm. everyone needs mm-hmm. to PPE, everyone needs to do what they need to do. But I'm, I'm a man of faith. I'm a man of God and I'm a man of positivity and I know that if we look to God as I've looked to God, as I've turned to God I know that he, he he's, he's told me that, okay turn your eyes to me, do what I've told you to do and I will keep you, mm. so if he said I need to say this to this person I've said it to that person, he told me that I need to share this word of God with this person, I need to be this encouraging person to that person if I need to step into a room and just smile if I need to go out of my way to go here before I'm meant to go there that's exactly what I've done, and he's kept me and he's rewarded me. So it's it's God over everything, you know. Um, we we face challenges every single day, amen, but I'm amen. I'm sitting here as a living testimony amen. to say to each and every one of us watching this live or watching this later that if you just turn your eyes upon God, turn mm-hmm. your eyes upon Jesus, He's yeah. got you. Amen. He will keep you. He will preserve you, and He will bring amen. you through. Anything Amen. and everything. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Tanya. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah. And that is so definitely the truth. That is sorry. <laughs> that, that is definitely the truth. Um he I I feel so blessed that he's protected me, he's preserved me and my family. Because one of my major concerns is that um, I've got a little one of my own, but also my mum is in the clinical, clinical, sorry, category. So it's shielded, has been shielded throughout this pandemic and, you, you know, um, because of her health issues and things like that. So that was one of the things that I was, you know, quite anxious about. So it was lovely that um, somebody shared that scripture on the screen because that was one of my go-to scriptures, Philippians 4. Six to eight, though, I always yeah. uh, meditate on that, be anxious for nothing and think on positive things. So, um, Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Tanya. The word of God is key. That is where I've got a lot of my um, reassurance from, um, meditating on the scriptures. But yeah. also, I'm a worshipper, so praising and worshipping God, giving thanks, all of those kind of things, even through the challenges, even through the difficult times, it, you know, they say praise your way through, praise your way through, and that is exactly what I've done, I've just praised, when things are good, I've praised, when things are not so good, I've praised, and you know, it will 
definitely bring you through in the name of Jesus. It's the way that you can stay close to the Lord. So praying, praising, giving thanks, because sometimes in a time like this, we, we can, you know, start to complain and we can see all the negative and we make the negative so big or this or that or the other. But if you look at the positive, oh my gosh, you're still here. You, you know, God has mm -hmm. preserved you. God has preserved your family. You have a job. Mm -hmm. You're lucky that you have a job to go to. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? You've got mm -hmm. money in your bank still. You've got food on your table. You've got a roof mm -hmm. over your head. If we look at all the things that we have to be grateful for, then we'll have that kind of positive outlook so for me faith has been everything to carry me through this year um one of the major things that the lord did at the very beginning of this pandemic when it was just announced at the end of march is that he told me to launch my ministry now this is something that the lord has been talking to me about from before but um you know how we do we want 101 confirmation <laughs> <laughs> Hey, yes, Lord, I'm on my back. You know, first of all, you're like, yes, Lord, whatever you want, I'll do it. And then he's like, all right, come and then. And then you're like, uh, but I don't know what to do. But uh, the 25th of March, 2020, the Lord's like, right, start your ministry. Because he had told me about it before and I was thinking I was going to start it, obviously not knowing about the pandemic. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'd have to look for a venue. Oh my goodness, I need all these people to help me. How am I going to do this? And then the lockdown happened. He's like, right, all right, you're on your own now. Start a YouTube yeah. channel. I was like, okay. <laughs> I didn't have a clue what I was going to do. So I just let the Lord lead me. And that is how I managed to launch my ministry. First of all, I started out on YouTube. I was thinking I was doing daily encouragement. Then I was doing it once a week. Then I had a Sunday service. I've just been through all these phases with the Lord. But I know that he's kind of just set me apart. I needed to go through that time with him to get to know him more, to grow in him, to understand his ways and to be able to do what he's calling me to do. So, um, yeah, I, I've relied on God heavily throughout the this time mm -hmm. and this is this is now a way of life for me so yeah I, i'm so glad that the lord has kind of taken me so as um pastor michael was saying we know that this pandemic has been a really challenging awful and sad time for some people but for me honestly it's been a time where i've actually been able to get to know the lord one of the programs that i had was locked in with the lord and i was literally locked mm. Yeah, just just while just while it's paused, Bishop. Yeah, I um I I was able to tune into one of um Tanya's um or kind of a few of her divine connections um programs on Facebook and YouTube, and the lock the locked in with the Lord that she was referring to is just it was just literally a time of her and God, and then just for, an opportunity for everyone just to join in and just worship God and just draw closer to Him. It's you know it's as she said that God can God can. God has the positive in the negative. Mm -hmm. We just need to look to God to find out what that positive mm -hmm. is because the world will just keep trying to pump us with negativity, mm -hmm. focus on this, focus on that, focus on this, focus on that, and just take our eyes off any positivity. But one, one thing that the Divine Connections ministry does is that it just pushes you towards the heart of God through worship, through teaching, through scripture. So God, God bless her richly. Mm -hmm. awesome. Thank, awesome. You. Thank you so much. <laughs> I don't want to No, we understand. We understand completely. We understand completely. When we first started out during the lockdown, 
We used to face some of those also. We, we <laughs> I absolutely identify, <laughs> identify with it completely. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew, you're welcome on Instagram. Daniel764, you're welcome. Han Hundredfold, you are welcome. Pastor J, you are welcome. Thank you for your contributions and everyone's contributions. I believe I've worked up. Welcome Bianca Noel and every other person on here. God richly bless you. We appreciate that. So the faith, they've, they've explained to us that their faith has played a major role in how they've been able to cope up until now. Uh, let's begin to round up by, let me give you a, a one of the things that came up during this lockdown was, I think my wife was the one who mentioned it, that it was strange to hear that children, 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 normally we talk about depression, is normally among adults. But we got to hear that there are children who are also children, by virtue of everything that was going on, children as, 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 to the age around eight, ten years, six, five, six, seven, eight, ten, eleven, we're suffering from depression. Mm-hmm. That's very, very strange. And then let me combine it with so we can talk about it wholesomely. It's been also, it's also come to our attention that 90%, this, this, uh, for, uh, the nurse from the nurses, 90% of ambulance staff are suffering from the highest level, 90% of the ambulance staff suffering from the highest level of depression because of what they see, the deaths of people, you know, people that they have to deal with, patients that they pick up and all the things that are going on. And also, uh, Sister Mavis sent us these challenges that they are facing. Then was, we were, they were out of their comfort zone, like one of you said, having to help in intensive care, unite when their own speciality, this health speciality was theater, but they had to, nurses had to readjust everything that they do, not to just focus on their department where they had to go and help in intensive care, even though the speciality was theater. And then the using of the PPE seemed to come up almost all the time among nurses. The only difference is wearing a mask that they are not used to for eight hours mm-hmm. if they are not scrapped. So let's talk about depression among children. Depression among the ambulance drivers, ambulance staff, and also the nurses, the aspect about having to switch to work in other departments because of the stress and because of shortage of staff and because of the pressure where someone who's supposed to be focusing on the theater has to go to intensive care. And then this wearing of the PPE for long hours. Martha, do you want to start us off? Yes. Um so I can start off with um talking about the the depression and like mental health issues amongst children. Um this was a case before um the pandemic. Um mm. and it, it's it's it can happen to any family. Some people would think like, oh, it's more of the vulnerable families or the families with um low incomes, but the reality of it, it can actually affect any child really and truly. Um, and especially at that age, they, they can't really express themselves. But I've, from my only experience, like I've seen multiple children coming in with, um, mental health issues just over the past few years. The age is just getting less and less. Um, 
and lots of children are exposed to, to to their peers um social media and what they listen to and what they see can actually have an influence and just that um emotional development not being able to deal with certain certain incidences or scenarios that can sort of like throw their their ability to process or cope with their mental health appropriately mm. um but yeah it's 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 an an unnatural it's an actual issue within like the nursing pediatric nursing um industry um but the pandemic has definitely exacerbated that and made it a lot more worse and a lot intense that the children now well previously not being able to go to school or see their friends the whole social distance the anxiety of um children knowing and hearing okay a neighbor has got covid this person has died of covid them worrying that they might get covid and them they might die themselves but mm. there are multiple factors um and we just need to consider pr- continue to pray and um, praying with our um, for our children and mm. talking to them talking communicating with them allowing them to know that it's okay to feel uneasy but just putting in coping mechanisms to support them along that journey because mental health is not something that is just going to be a short window of time. It can happen at any stage in anyone's life um, that can sort of like make someone feel quite uneasy. So it's just teaching our children how to deal with it appropriately. Um, yeah, and just supporting them along that and praying with them. Prayer is key. Prayer is absolutely key. Um, in terms of deployment, um, during the pandemic, that was a massive factor. Because, for example, what Sister Mavis is saying is her her key area is theatres. But during the pandemic, not routine operations and procedures were taking place due to the pandemic. There were some operations that could be put on hold or postponed. Um, So a lot of nurses had to go in, roll their sleeves up, get involved, supporting fellow colleagues. And that was extremely difficult. Um, And as a paediatric nurse myself, there were times where um, they needed help in the adult side, and I, I'm, I'm not used to looking after adults. Um, the oldest patient, okay, maybe 16, 18, and there were times where I would have to go around and help um, with the adults, whether if it's an, someone in their 40s or 50s or even older. Um, and it was it was quite sad and traumatic because when you see these people. I just think of their family. I think of their family wanting to be there with them, mm. but they are in, they're not in a position. So I I had that mindset of I need to treat this person as if they are my uncle, yeah. if they are my relative. Like just just trying to express that empathy and that compassion and treating them with respect and dignity. Um, so that was really hard. And some of the things like I I hadn't really seen because from the children's side, we weren't really seeing it. So it really did open my eyes in terms of what what we're really dealing with in terms of this pandemic. Um, also going on reflection, with the first lockdown, um, a lot of the patients were older. The second lockdown, it, kind, it sort of scared me and it, it felt really surreal because the cases were becoming younger mm. and... There could be people like in their 30s, very fit, but then they're in, they're getting admitted to go into ITU. And it's like all these people, 
this is someone a few years older than me and they are actually quite healthy and this virus has actually had a massive impact on them to put them in ICU. That was that was very surreal. It was quite scary that at that point where th- this virus doesn't discriminate, it can it can have an impact on anybody. Um, sorry, Bishop, I've forgotten the last question. There was another question. Um, I was asking. Um, I think we we're speaking about the um, 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 the PPE that they have to wear for eight hours. Yes. So particularly in the um, intensive care areas, um, the nurses will be expected to wear PPE, like the full gown, the mask, um, often hair nets, um, shoe covers, but it'll be for extremely long hours. Um, It was based on what I've heard, it was very difficult for them to sometimes get their breaks because they're just so busy looking after these patients even to have a sip of water they would have to obviously undress and take those masks off sometimes it even had an impact on their um on their i would say like health in health because like with the mask the way the mask is so tightly fitted to not allow any sort of particles from the air to go inside it would leave sores on their faces um, leave them feeling dehydrated because they're not drinking, they're not able to eat as and when they pleased. Um, and just even that, that physical strain, that stress that they're under, um, and just, just the trauma of what they are seeing constantly in and out, um, witnessing, them witnessing patients dying without their loved ones. Like mm. traditionally in hospital, if there is a patient who, is dying loved ones tend to usually be able to come in and be with that patient but um they were having to do sort of like video calls mm. with the patient dying with their families um and then a nurse on the side just holding in with the patient which i just can't imagine how 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 that must feel for mm. the nurses for the families not to actually physically be there um mm. Yeah, it's just, it's incredibly sad and heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, and as nurses, we want to make things better. Yeah. Um, but that in itself was out of our control. We can contribute to trying to be there, but it's not, it's not the best outcome that we would want for our patients. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, on, on that note, could we just, can we just use two, two minutes, three minutes? Let's just pray for the nurses. Let's pray. Cover the nurses nationwide, citywide, local. Let's lift our voice. Pray for all nurses, doctors, consultants, all the frontline workers. Can we just cover them right now? Everybody watching, if we can just use a few minutes to cover them with the blood of Jesus. Local nurses, national nurses, global nurses. Let's lift our voice. Let's cover all the frontline workers, all these things that they are going through, that the Lord will strengthen them, the Lord will energize them, the Lord will cover them, the Lord will preserve them. All frontline workers in all categories, be it hospital, 
ambulance, schools, teachers, everyone that walked in this category. Father, we cover them with the blood of Jesus. We appreciate them, Lord. Father, thank you for their lives. We ask for your divine intervention in their lives. Heal them emotionally. Heal them physically. Heal them mentally. Heal them psychologically. Heal them financially. Heal their families. Those that have been bereaved, Father, we cover everyone that has been adversely affected, Lord, by this COVID-19 and this lockdown and this and this, everything that has been happening for this whole year. Father, we cover them, Lord, with the blood of Jesus and pray for your divine intervention, your fresh touch, your fresh touch, your fresh touch, restoration of families, healing in families, emotional healing, physical healing, mental healing, psychological healing, spiritual healing, every form of healing that people need in the name of Jesus, every stress, every trauma. We are asking for your divine intervention and you bring help where help is needed. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray for your divine intervention from these professionals as they carry out this difficult, traumatic work in the name of Jesus. We pray for your divine intervention, divine intervention, divine intervention in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you for your preservation. Thank you for your protection. Thank you for your healing. In Jesus' precious name we pray. With that. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Deborah Johnson, you're welcome. Abraham Annan, all the way from Ghana, you are welcome. As we begin to round up, uh, Tanya and uh, Pastor Michael, is there anything you want to add to what we're discussing earlier? Just, um, just touching on um, looking to what Sister Max said about the depression in children. Um, when, when the when the school first reopened and uh, it was the key workers, the vulnerable children coming in, we were split into we were set into bubbles. So in the bubble that I was in, the the teachers and TAs took it upon ourselves to to really make it into a tight family unit where we built a fantastic relationship with the children that we had, and. Like I said before, just hearing hearing the challenges that these children were facing on a day-to-day basis, which was only amplified by um, the pandemic and the lockdowns, um, it just, like I said, it was it was it was heartbreaking. It really was heartbreaking to to hear the challenges they're facing and knowing that, you know, when when COVID hit, we um, I don't have the statistics to hand, but we know that there was a high level of increase when it came to domestic violence and, mm-hmm. and issues at home and um, and, and you know things of this nature so it really things really got worse um for the for the, for the in the lives of the children that we had so when when they came and some of them had to take time off because of depression um mental health challenges it, it was sad but it wasn't it, it, we, we saw it coming and we knew it was coming because it's so much harder to comprehend challenges as a child mm-hmm. you know we look at us as adults when when we're hit by challenges it it can be it can be it can break us. Mm-hmm. How much more children who haven't had to yeah. they don't have the life experience, mm-hmm. um, the faith, the hope mm-hmm. um, that we have. So it really it really just opened my eyes to have have a heart for these children. And, and when in in everything that you're doing, I know it comes back to the question that you asked us at the beginning, Bishop. But when we were praying now, what really came to my head was. I really pray that for all of us, whether we're teachers, whether we're in the education field, whether we're in the nursing um, NHS field, any frontline staff or anything that you're doing, 
my prayer really for everyone is that the heart that we had for it when we started mm, mm, mm. two things god will god will restore that back to us amen and we will also amen. chase back after that amen because god god has god god can do everything and anything and he has his part that he will do as we cry out and call out to him mm-hmm. but that heart that we you know the, the 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 workload and the stress and the things that we've had to endure and sacrifice can make you lose the love mm-hmm. for the for the things that you're doing mm-hmm. and i pray for everyone who's out there now on the front line in every um every sphere that that heart and that passion that we had to do the things that we are doing now that god will restore that unto us and we will drive and hunger to get that back yeah. um, so that we can be all that god wants us to be Awesome. Tanya, you want to add anything? Amen. Yes, please. Um, yeah, just to add, and I will come back to um, what Pastor Michael just spoke about as well. Um, yes, throughout the pandemic, as, as um, Sister Matter said, children have been going through these things for a long time now. What the pandemic has done is heighten it and bring light to it. So yeah. again, mm-hmm. we always have to take the yeah. positive. Um, it's, it's brought light to the issue, which is the good thing mm-hmm. about it, because these things were mm-hmm. happening before, but we didn't really recognize it. You know that an adult can get tired. You know that an adult can get stressed. You know that an adult can get depressed. But why don't you feel that a child can go through these things too? So we, you know, mm-hmm. now that we recognize it, we have the opportunity yeah. to do something about it. So that's the good thing about mm-hmm. it. And then um, following on from what Pastor Michael says, I believe that each and every one of us is positioned for purpose. So wherever the Lord has put you, he's put you there for a reason. And obviously, it's not always going to be easy. There's going to be challenges. And the devil is not going to let you sit there and just, oh, you're okay, darling. You're mm-hmm. just doing your mm-hmm. job as best as you can. Mm-hmm. It's going to come and throw everything that he has at you to deter you from the path that the Lord has put you on. And I believe that each of us yep. that are believers... Wherever we are, especially us key workers right now, you know, and and the Lord is shining the light on us. It's for us to pray for whoever it is in that place that we're in. I I truly strongly believe that. So the nurses that are in the Lord and the teachers that are in the Lord and even the road sweepers that are in the Lord. You know, those people came out every day and risked their lives as well. Everybody who served. You know, we've been put here for a purpose and to fulfill God's plan and to, you know, be there for his people, be there for his children and to win as many souls as possible throughout this time. One of the things that I would definitely say is people are searching for something at this time. This fear that the devil has risen in people, the good side of it is that people are searching for something. So it's for us now to take this opportunity to share our Lord with the world and bring Mm. more people into the family of God in Jesus' name. Awesome. Amen. What a powerful panel. Wow, what a powerful panel. Evelyn, Evelyn, you are welcome. Esquire, you are welcome. And Patete, he texting, you are welcome. I really appreciate the contribution of our, our, our panel today. I'm going to set them up as I normally do. Uh, sometimes I set them up. I'm going to have the three of them back. I don't know what their schedule is. This Wednesday we have a before you say I do. Our single session from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. I've been looking for somebody to rope in to join me this Wednesday. The first Wednesday of the month is our session for singles and relationships. 
So I believe that everybody on the platform will agree with me that these three distinguished gentlemen and ladies should join me this Wednesday for a discussion on relationships. I think what they have done is enough, they have enough firepower to be able to join me this Wednesday. So I'm roping them in. I'm putting them on the spot. <laughs> so, ladies, ladies, gentlemen, we'll talk briefly after the session. So when we finish, don't go anywhere. Just stay right there. And we'll conclude. You're coming to join me this Wednesday. <laughs> Evelyn. Evelyn says, Esquire, Esquire, my Esquire says, please bring them back. Please come back. There we go. You can read it for yourself. Evelyn says, please come back. Now, Evelyn is our Esquire, so <laughs> if Evelyn says you come back, as a matter of fact, why don't we rope in Evelyn as well? Yes, for sure. Yes, yes. Why don't we rope in Evelyn? Evelyn, the executive, I'm telling you, she's got a lot to offer. They like to hide behind the scenes. <laughs> Bobby T. Love says we want you back, so there you go. You guys have done You've really informed us, you've edified us, you've lifted us. You've blessed us. Thank God for Sister Saku and Mavis' contribution as well. We are really very grateful uh, for Evelyn. That sign says yes to me. So <laughs> everybody agree with me on the platform that this three will be back. And then Noel says, Evelyn, whoop, whoop, whoop. I second that, Bishop. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Bianca, Bianca agrees. Miriam agrees. <laughs> and she says you can do it if, well, there you go. So Evelyn, you are roped in with the three of them this Wednesday. <laughs> God bless you all for joining. Now, everyone that joined us today, thank you very much for joining us and our panel. We don't want to live without leading people. Everyone on this, <laughs> Evelyn says no pressure. <laughs> No pressure. Mama B says, you go, girl. So there we go. We don't want to leave this platform without people have been through difficult things, situations in this lockdown. And like you said, Tanya, people are looking for something. That's something that they're looking for is Jesus. That's the something that they're looking for is the person. So I would like one of you to lead uh, in a short prayer to lead everyone that is not born again. Uh, to lead them to Christ, probably Pastor Mike, if you can do that. And then we want to pray, we want to cover everyone on this cloud. Anybody going through all kinds of difficulties, challenge, we trust that God will heal them. God will encourage them. So anyone who's not born again right now, Pastor Michael, would you like to lead them to give their life to Christ? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, Jesus, for this day. If this repeat after me, dear Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for sending your son to die for me. At this time, I give my life and my heart to you. Come into my life and change me, O Lord. Transform me and make me a child of God. I welcome you to fix everything within me that is hurt, broken, lacking hope. And I thank you from this day forward that you will make my life anew and transform me and save me, bless me and keep me 
in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you very much, Pastor Michael. If you gave your life to Jesus Christ, we'd like to encourage you to join us. Tomorrow we are having our homecoming service. It's going to be a very loaded service. Tomorrow we're going to have our homecoming service. Now that the restrictions are being uh, uh, lifted gradually, we would like to encourage everyone to join us tomorrow in our homecoming service. And it's also going to be followed by our food bank giving back to the community. Join our food bank tomorrow, giving back to the community. The food bank is from 1.30, uh, uh, 1.30 p.m. to 2.30 p.m. The service is going to be from 11.30 a.m. to um, 12.30. 11.30 a.m. to 1 p.m., sorry. We're extending the service for Easter, Easter homecoming. So I want to invite all our members, all our guests, all our friends who live in the London area to join us in our actual service. And for you to do that, we'd like you to uh, text 07555-626-925. That is the number is 07555-626-925. To join our actual service, to join our actual service. So make a note of the details that are on the screen and join our actual service. Have I got everything right here? So set your notifications to join our actual service tomorrow, 11.30 a.m. You want to join the actual service, text 07-555-626-925 to book your seat to be in our actual service and all our online and virtual members in this nation and across the nations, you can tune in, log on and join us on Facebook at HOJ City Church, HOJ City Church. And that's going to be the service 11.30 a.m., 11.30 a.m. And the details are on the screen, www.facebook.com forward slash HOJ City Church forward slash live forward slash. And if you are joining the actual service, please come in from 10.30 a.m. so we can go through the social distance and the government regulation, the protocols to ensure that we are observing the rules and to ensure every one of us is safe. It's going to be an awesome session. You need to be with us tomorrow. The homecoming. Homecoming means we are all coming home. We are coming home. So don't miss tomorrow's service at House of Judah. Followed by the food bank. Food bank. We are giving back to the community. There will be hampers of food to give out to our community. So let's all be present. Every member of House of Judah, every one of us and our guests, let's all join in the food bank. And the celebration service is going to be an awesome time. Once again, we'd like to thank everyone. Thank every one of you for joining us. And please set your notifications for this Wednesday. In Wednesday evening, coming Wednesday evening, the first Wednesday of every month, we have the relationship session called um, Before You Say I Do, where we share on things that singles should know before they get married, things that they need to know about men, about women, questions they must ask that sometimes they avoid because romance clouds focus. So I hope my panel who agree with you. So pray with me before I speak to them after the session. <laughs> <laughs> favor, favor in their eyes. 
God will grant me favor in your eyes. <laughs> I believe I've been receiving favor already. <laughs> so God bless you all for joining me today and our panel once again. Martha, Tanya, Pastor Michael, God richly bless. May the Lord keep you all, all of you, on the job that you're doing. Present you and everyone that is watching. God bless you. Don't forget to put the link on the screen and join us in our service tomorrow. God bless you all and thank you for your contributions. God bless you. God bless you, Bishop. Bless you, Bishop. Thank you. Thank you. Always a joy. Always a joy. So please stay right there.